It is natural to want to focus almost entirely on the gospel reading. Luke's account of the appearance of the risen Lord to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus is generally agreed to be his masterpiece, as rich in narrative art as in its theology. And we'll have more on the gospel in a minute. The first two readings are rich in themselves. They are dominated by the figure of Peter. The first reading presents an extract from the sermon given by Peter following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. As with any good homilist, Peter begins with the experience of those who hear him, though unfortunately, the lectionary has omitted this part of his speech. Pick up Acts chapter 2, read verses 15 to 20 to get the rest of the story. He then relates this experience to all that has happened to Jesus Christ. Finally, appealing to scripture, he shows that all is in accord with the pre-announced plan of God. Peter's words are blunt. You killed him. But what he is about is not accusation or blame, but conversion of heart. By raising Christ from the dead, God has swallowed up the evil involved in this death and turned it into an outpouring of salvation. The appeal then is, you have this second chance. Align yourselves now with the power of the risen Lord. In the second reading, Peter reminds his literary audience now of how precious they are in God's sight. Since God has paid so great a cost, the death of his son to ransom them. The gospel story of the conversation on the road to Emmaus, Luke displays something found in all the recorded appearances of the risen Lord. Jesus meets people exactly where they are. Mary Magdalene in her weeping, Thomas in his doubting, the group gathered in the upper room in their fear. And in today's gospel, he meets the two disciples in their disillusionment and disbelief. One of the many wonderful things about the episode is that by not revealing himself immediately to them, but simply accompanying them as a companion along the way, Jesus respects their experience and lets them tell out their story to the end. Only then does he pick it up and weave it into his own instruction. Cleophas explains the hopes that they had resting in Jesus the Nazarene. These hopes ran very much along the lines of conventional expectations concerning the Messiah. He would be a just ruler of David's line who would liberate Israel from all the kinds of oppression 
political, civil, and economic on which it currently labored. No thought here for a Messiah who would suffer and die. Hence, the shattering of hope at the events of Good Friday, the refusal to take seriously the reports of the woman about the empty tomb. Like Peter in the sermon told in the first reading, Jesus takes their experience as they have just recounted it and relates it to scripture. Note that he does so still in the guise of a fellow traveler, only when they understand how what had happened to the Messiah actually followed out a path indicated in scripture. Only that is with the closure of the terrible gap between what they had been hoping for on the basis of conventional hopes and what had actually happened and the theological virtue of hope that draws us closer to God, will they be ready to come to full faith in the resurrection? Later, they describe the experience on the road as that have having their hearts burn within them. A phrase destined to ring down through the ages whenever God's grace would lead others often very gradually, to see pain, loss, or shattered hopes contained within a wider pattern of salvation. Captivated by this companion as they approach Emmaus, the two disciples will not allow him to go on his way, but constrain him to be their guest. Once inside, however, a reversal takes place. They, who had offered hospitality to him, find themselves guests at a table he provides. At the breaking of the bread, at the Eucharistic moment, took, blessed, broke, and gave. At that very moment, they know him at last as the risen Lord. Instantly, he vanishes from their sight. Curiously, this sudden loss seems to cause them no distress. Reflecting on their experience, they return straight away to Jerusalem to share with the others what had happened on the road and at the meal. They discover that the remaining disciples have their own Easter story to relate. In a pattern often found in Luke, the sharing of stories creates a deeper community experience of salvation. Just remember the exchange between Mary and Elizabeth at the visitation. When John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb, recognizing that he is in the presence of his God and his Lord. The Emmaus episode presents a perfect paradigm of life of the church. As fortified by the Spirit, it continues the mission of Jesus, equipped with the scriptures, the word. The church walks alongside disillusioned, hurt fellow travelers along the human path. In the Eucharist, in the sacrament, it offers the hospitality of the risen Lord. 
Thus, in word and sacrament, the journey to Emmaus is our story too.